Good morning, church. Look at you guys, early risers this morning, 11 o'clock. How's everybody doing? Come on now, it's 10 o'clock. You guys got your coffee? Well, it's 10 o'clock to you guys, right? I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about? Thank the Lord for the iPhone, right? You don't have to worry about updating your alarm clock and being so confused. Oh man, it was tough for me this morning. Not in the service, but like, man, trying to get out of bed. Anyone else? Was it tough for you this morning? Yeah, we're all head cases. Look at us. It's an hour. Yeah, right? Well, anyways, it's, it's good to be with you guys. Kind of um, um, an, another last minute moment for me. Um, but I know that's, that's kind of a role that I play. And I'm excited to be with you guys. Excited to be preaching a word. I, I think it's timely. Um, I'm just going to share what's on my heart. And I think that's the best way to go about it. Uh, God is speaking. He's speaking to me. He's speaking to your sons and daughters that move home and kind of going to continue along the lines of what we've been talking about. And that's being hidden in Christ. I believe there's a call from the youngest person up to the oldest person to have a secret place with God. Secret or hidden place that you go, that you return back to. Do you have a secret place? Do you have a hidden place with God? Place deep down in your soul. And, and the reason why I'm sharing it is because I believe the enemy is trying to steal our secret place. If you think about it, when you're alone, what's the first thing that you do? Your phone. I, I, you're like, here you go again, Dustin, social media and phone and stuff. Hey, I'm a youth pastor, yeah. But seriously, where's the first place that you go when you're alone? Are you consumed with God? And, and I, you know, I don't want to condemn you, you know, because I'm not always that way. Or is it when you're standing in the elevator, the first thing that you do is open up your phone, right? And there's so many different aspects. You know, I even think about it when it's with young people and uh, when you're at your house by yourself. What's your alone time look like? I remember just being honest and being real, and I share this with the younger people. I remember being scared of the person that I would turn into being by myself. And I wouldn't want to be alone because of the monster that could potentially rise up inside of me. And what I'm here to tell you today is the enemy is trying, and not only the enemy, but your flesh as well, to steal from your alone place, your hidden place, because it's so powerful, and out of it comes everything else. Your hidden place is where everything in your life of substance comes from. Because it's out of who you truly are. And if you're avoiding it, you're missing who you tr the, the person that you're called to develop. Because it's out of who you truly are. Not superficial or artificial, but out of the overflow of your heart. This is the secret place. Where you gave your heart to Christ, remember? Where you pray, this is the hidden, the secret place. Where you read your word, where you abide in the Father when no one's watching. 
when you experience the Holy Spirit, this is the hidden place. So are you hidden today? Let's read a scripture, uh, Colossians 3. Let's stand and we'll get into it together. Let's, let's all stand together. Come on, let's stand like it's 11 o'clock and it's not 10. <laughs> it is 11. It's a time change. Who is it? Who do we credit? Ben Franklin or something? I, is that who it is? Come on. Science people or, yeah. All right, let's read together. Colossians 3, every voice, please. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set where Christ. Right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Hidden. Hidden. This is Paul writing to a church in Colossae. And he's talking to sons and daughters. He's talking about even though your spiritual position is sons and daughters... He tells us to make a choice to set our hearts, to set, to make a choice, to set your mind on things above. So I don't know where you are, what you feel like in this life. Maybe you're, oh man, discouraged about your children. Maybe you're discouraged about your marriage or about your job. Maybe you feel like you're like 28, you're 28 years old or so. I feel like I would be farther than this. I feel like I would have more of a platform, more of an influence. My circle would be bigger. If, if you're in that place and you feel like maybe alone or hidden, I want to encourage you today that it's okay. Because your life is hidden with Christ. Now let's set our minds, set our perspective, shift our eyes to where it belongs. Right? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for every person that came out here to, today to receive from you. Jesus, help us to know that you are with us and you are for us. You are not against us. Even in the midst of the dark seasons, God, you can come alongside of us and lift us out and bring us up and encourage us. Encourage us today. We need it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Um, we just got sponsored by Chick-fil-A, so I have to have a Chick-fil-A cup. <laughs> Guys, come on. <laughs> can, can anyone sing the Kanye song, Closed on Sunday? Anyone sing that? Good for Kanye. That's awesome. Are you hidden today? I think a lot of us, you know... Um, I, I refer to younger people, millennials, uh, young adults, whatever. We, we don't like this idea of being hidden. Uh, social media, platform, you want exposure, right? You want publicity, you want the check mark. Um, so I'm talking about hidden today. And it can feel kind of uncomfortable, I know that. I want to ask you, what... What does hidden sound like to you? Does it sound like this? You know, I, I'm hidden and I don't like it. I don't have a platform. I, f I feel useless. 
I don't have a certain K number of followers. I, I feel depressed. I feel hopeless. Look, they have influence. Look, he has purpose or he has a platform, but not me. Is that how you see hidden? Or do you see hidden as protection for you? As, as preparation? You know, God, like, like the seed in the ground we talked about last Sunday night. Like the seed in the ground of, of God actually protecting you because when the seed springs up too quickly, the sun comes and scorches it because it has no root. What does it look for, like for you to, to be hidden like a seed in the soil of the ground of the earth? Does it, is it seen as God protecting me? As God preparing me for an eventual exposure and ultimate impact and influence? Do I see being hidden as discipline building. You know, I like to look at Jesus' life, and Jesus lived the perfect life, did he not? And Jesus was essentially hidden for 30 years. Think about it. They tell us that his public ministry probably only lasted three years. So from 30 to 33, he died on the cross for the world. But what happened from zero to 30? It was a place of hiddenness. It was a place of, when he was 12, going to the Father's house. Developing his relationship with God before the time of, boom, I'm going to change the world. When he's 30. when he's time, when, I, I, A prayer I've been asking God. I, I, I don't want to try to lift myself up. I don't want to try to expose myself if I'm not ready. If, my, if I haven't been deeply rooted and planted deep down like the skyscrapers of those things that have gone farther down deep, if I'm not there yet, God, don't expose my life. I want to be hidden for as long as possible. I think some of us younger people, we need to start praying that rather than for a platform. As you see people get exposed. You see things, people with gifts and all these things, and they don't have character or discipline or the hidden places with God that won't line up. And when the wind and the waves come, the house is destroyed because the foundation wasn't built correctly. So let's start somewhere and let's build the foundation. Jesus built the foundation for 30 years. You look at someone like David, and David's not the perfect example, but he developed as a, as a shepherd boy developed in the fields. So this relationship with the Father I, I, I want to look at today. Um, and bear with me because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share about my son, which basically every time I preach, I'll probably share something about Duke. Uh, because he's a pre Is that all right with you? Because yes. he's teaching me a lot about the Father. He is. He's teaching me more than probably I'm teaching him. But he does this thing, and um, oh my gosh, it's like my most favorite thing ever. He, he says, Daddy, 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 train tracks. Daddy, 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 Daddy. It'll just say like something random. Like, I think it's the most amazing thing. Daddy, 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 yogurt. <laughs> daddy, Daddy. I'll be like sitting on the couch. I'll like just sit down. Daddy, Daddy, hand, hand. Daddy, hand. And it'll just take me somewhere and be like, yucky. Yucky, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But it's this relationship, and, and I, want, I want Duke to know that every time he comes to dad, he can get, his, get my attention. Reading this book in home group, and I, I read it a little bit ago, called Raising Giant Killers by Bill Johnson. He's pastor of Bethel, and he talks about the relationship between the father and the son. And he's, he's this pastor of this big church, and he says when someone was talking to him 
um, when his little son or daughter would come and tug on his shirt, he would always say, excuse me, and he would always address his son or always address his daughter because he wants them to know they are the most important thing in his life. And so the other part of that is not only they're the most important thing, but I don't want them to have to relearn what the father's like. It's unfortunate that a lot of young people are raised without a father. You see the statistics in prison, all this, they just don't have a father, so they don't know which way to go. And I want my kids, I want my son, maybe you want your son or your daughter not to have to relearn things about God when we say, Abba, you belong to Abba and the Father's heart. And you go, I don't know what that even means, the Father's heart. My my father had no heart. He was a stone. So I don't know what it's like for you, but but I pray that even this preconceived idea about what a father looks like, I think we all have it in a little bit inside of our innate of what a father is supposed to do. Come alongside, wrap our, his arms around us. Do you have that place of coming and saying, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy? Or are you too theologically sound that you say, I don't know if he wants to hear my prayer. I, I, my mind is so in the way, God, you're perfect and everything, and How could I ever come and say, Daddy, Daddy, yogurt? (laughs) Matthew 18, verse 3 says this, Jesus talking. He says, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You'll never get it. Because you'll be in the way. (laughs) You'll, You'll essentially be in the way. Unless you can dust and come to me like your son does and not be so concerned about the way that you approach me, our Father. You know what I mean? Come to me in this raw, authentic nature, a way I intend as a father relates to his son. I believe that Jesus in the 30 years developed this place of hiddenness, this developed this place of, of, of secret where he could go at any time. And let me prove that. Uh, if you have notes, if you're writing down notes, notes are a good thing so you don't forget. Amen? Yeah, they're, they're good. Uh, just write these verses down because I'm going to go fast. This is times when Jesus, in his public ministry, will go to the secret place. In Mark chapter 6, verse 46. Mark chapter 6, verse 46. After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. Okay? For those of us who don't think we need a secret place, this is Jesus. He's perfect. He, he leaves and goes to pray. Luke 6, verse 12. It was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. But I don't, I don't need to pray. I'm, I'm gifted. I can speak. I, you know, I got a lot of money. I don't need to pray. Look at Jesus. He spent the whole night in prayer to God. Mark 1, 35 in the early morning, while it was still dark, man, we, 11 o'clock, we hate this one. <laughs> In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a secluded place and was praying there. Luke 5, verse 16, but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Matthew 26, verse 39, and he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. 
And that was the last prayer that we see before he went to the cross for the sins of the entire world, for his purpose. For his purpose. If Jesus did that, do we need a secret place? Do we as a body of people where our flesh is contrary to the spirit and the enemy is fighting for our kids' lives, do we need to have a secret place? The answer is yes. The word for secluded or secret place in wilderness is actually used interchangeably in the Bible with Jesus. It's called the Eremos in Greek. Jesus would go there. When's the last time you went there? That place where God found you, the place that you go, where is it that you go? Because everybody needs a buddy, and everybody needs to go somewhere, but everyone also needs to go somewhere. Everyone needs someone, but also everybody needs someone. And without him, I don't know how we can do it. So if that's not convincing enough, uh, let's talk about why we need the secret place. I, 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 th I think there's a million reasons why, honestly. Um, but here's the first. <laughs> we get distracted easily. Number one is we get distracted easily. Anyone attest to that? I'm all over the place. I'll get distracted here. I'll get distracted right here. <laughs> you do something? I, I, oh, I speak to students all the time. Oh, it's easy to get distracted. That's why we have a phone bin. So every time we come in the service up here, they put their phone in there because Pastor Dustin gets distracted. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyways, okay. We get distracted easily. Think about it. When you sit down to pray, how easily do you get distracted? I'm not, I'm not into condemning you. This is just something to challenge you. How easy and why? Is it something that you've placed? Is it the TV's going? Is it the, uh, the phone's right beside you? Why is it that, that you're distracted? You know, we'll just say my thoughts. Well, God can help you with that. We get distracted. T.S. Eliot talks about a Twittering world where people are, quote, listen to this, Distracted from distraction by distraction. And John Mark Comer says this, this is meaning this is a, a world with just enough distraction to avoid the wound that could lead us to healing and life. I read this book by Cal uh, uh, Newport, computer science professor from Georgetown. Go Georgetown. Yeah, Georgetown alum. Um, <laughs> And it was a really good book about deep work and how these people, uh, there will be of the few that will be able to lay aside the, the distractions of this world, the distractions of social media and revolving your whole life about the internet and will actually be able to focus on some things to be successful. And he said, if you want to be of the few, you'll have to learn how to lay those distractions aside. Really good book called Deep Work. Not really a Christian book, but it applies. Really good. Um, so, number one, why we need the secret place is we get distracted easily. Number two is this. He is the only one that will truly satisfy. He is the only one that will truly satisfy. St. Augustine says this, You have made us for yourself, and our hearts is restless until it rests in you. Pastor Tim quoted that last Sunday. Think about that. Where are your kids searching? 
Where have you taught them to go to find hope and find fulfillment, to find satisfaction for their life? Where do you go? Is it a computer screen or is it this girl or that boy? Nothing else would truly satisfy the depths of your heart. What it really yearns for, what it really desperately longs for, it will only be found in Christ till it rests in Him. I'm really really burdened by this because there's so many today, so many... uh, I I like to always mention students because that's that's the people that I see face-to-face weekly that are just so depressed that so anxious, so hopeless. If you don't know it, ask your, ask your kid. Ask them how they're feeling. Because we had a situation last Sunday, and it wasn't in the move, but it was outside, and a student that always comes to the move. Situation that he was done with life. He was just done with life. Thank the Lord that, that nothing really happened, but he's in D.C., and he's coming, coming back. Tomorrow, thank the Lord. But it's, it's so unexpected. You wouldn't, you wouldn't ever expect that, that person. That's the life of the party. We all, we all love him in sixth grade. You'd think he's, he's too young to be thinking those thoughts. But the reality is that through our phones and through this thing that we, we want to be seen, we want to have a platform, we want to look a certain way, we want to look this filtered version of our life, and we're never going to get there. And we're never going to be truly satisfied until we find our home and our rest in the infinite one. The one who gives us the desires of our heart as we delight in him. And that's the only place. That's why I talk so hard on on social media and stuff. And not for you older folks. Have fun on Facebook. That's fine. But, But to be honest, the younger people are finding all their hope in how many likes they get. They're finding all their satisfaction. And I feel good about myself because I got this many likes. I'm I'm dead serious. It's crazy. And so if you don't get, you know how your life goes. It dips. And I was reading the other day the statistics. It's like you ask a kid what they want to be when they grow up. It's not influence people. And and it can can be some. But over 50% is just to be famous. That is all. They just want to be famous. They just want to be verified. They just want to have 20,000 followers, 100,000, a million followers. They just want to be just Justin Bieber. And, and Justin Bieber doesn't want to be Justin Bieber. <laughs> but it's, this, this, it's, it's so false. And they're searching for something that they'll never be able to hold on to. There's been times in my life when I'm young where I'm searching for things that I'll never be able to grab onto. But God is the desire filler. I've learned that since I was young. Delight yourself and I'll give you the desires of your heart. I I, I said this the other day. The other day, like five years ago. But I felt God speak to me. I felt God speak to me this. It might not be everything you ever dreamed. But with Jesus, it will be better. It might not be everything that you've ever dreamed. But with Jesus, it will always be better. It will rise above it. 
Fear not, fret not, be not discouraged, be not dismayed. Why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. He is the only one that will satisfy. Dallas Willard says this. He's a philosopher and he he writes on Christian spiritual formation. He's just a really, really intelligent, intelligent being, guy. Uh, He says this. um, Desire is infinite partly because we were made by God. Made for God, made to need God, and made to run on God like our fuel. We can be satisfied only by the one who is infinite, eternal, and able to supply all our needs. We are only at home in God. When we fall away from God, the desire for the infinite remains, but it is displaced upon things that will certainly lead to destruction. We've all, we've all been witnesses of that in your life, right? You search and you search and you look and, and sometimes, you know, God will grant you the grace to be able to see, oh man, they're chasing after, oh my gosh, like, I mean, I remember, I remember sometimes in college, like, and not, I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one to judge. I, there's judgments and then there's just seeing, observing. You see so many people, girls, guys alike, trying to find their satisfaction in parties and uh, the red solo cup. And, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it might be fine for a time, but the reality is when you lay your head down at night, are you really satisfied? Is that really the way you want to go? <laughs> Is that, is that the way you want your wife to act? When the, the person that you're marrying? Is that, or or when, when you're the husband and the leader of the house. You're the leader of the house. You're the father of your kids. That's the way. You say, model my life. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Right? That's what Paul tells us to do. Is, is that the way we want to do things? I didn't say that in the first service. I don't know. Um, Our desire is infinite. Essentially, the internet is infinite. We will search and search and search and search and search and never find what we're looking for. How long are we going to search? How long are you going to search? How many deaths have to happen? How many hopeless situations till parents actually wake up? How how many are we going to just let our kids continue to just go, continue to go forward, and we just hear another statistic? How long will it happen? My dad said something he used to say all the time. You guys saw my dad up on the couch. Man, he's amazing. Eloquent, right? That's a, that's a joke. He did, he did really, he did. I was impressed. All that hammered nail driving did him well, did him good. Um, no, but dad had a great representation of the father for me. And he would always say, I don't know how people do it without the Lord. Same, this is like what that, like marriages, I don't know how they do it without the Lord. Families, I don't know how they do it. I mean, think about it. He's the only one that satisfies. He's the only one. He's the only one. 
even in the midst of playing sports and chasing after NFL and all these types of things, dad would always be there to say, oh, now people do it without the Lord. No, no amount of touchdowns, no amount of batting ERA. It ain't worth it. No A-plus grade. It ain't worth it. How could you do it without the Lord? You can't. You can't do a marriage. You can't do family. You can't be a parent the way, the way that it's supposed to be. No, we're so selfish. We're innately born with these selfish desires, and it desires what's contrary to God and contrary to the Spirit. How do we do it without the Lord? We can't. And that's why we need a secret place. That's why we need to be intentional. So he does say, why do you wake up early? That must stink for you. Like, no, you don't want to see the person I am if I don't wake up early. I, I have to. I wake up sometimes, and I'll just be honest. I feel like hopeless. And a man wavering with no purpose out at sea. Where am I going? And I need that secret place to get me back on track. To look back at my compass and say, oh yeah, there's people's lives that are at stake. Life and death is at stake. There's people that need a word from God. There's people that need my giftedness. There's people that need me. Purpose. And, and God brings it back. But it only happens in that secret place. It only happens being hidden. In Christ, even though spiritually we are, we can be distracted so easily. And He is the only one that will satisfy. And the final thing is this. Nice cue right there. Final thing is this. <laughs> Look at you guys. You guys are awake and laughing, and that's good. That's good. I'm trying not to be too serious. He's so serious, and he, he hates Instagram and stuff. <laughs> I, I, I really don't. I'm on a fast for Lent. Um, I don't do the ash thing, no offense, but I, I, I'd like to fast things for 40 days and um, I'm doing that with social media. So if you respond to me or if you say something to me, I won't respond. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyways, back to the word. Number three. Do you know that you're loved? This isn't number three, but do you know that you're loved today? As someone sees you, that God sees you. He sees, he sees the prayers. He sees the sleepless nights. He sees when you wake up hopeless and depressed, filled with guilt and shame. He sees when you're hungover and you feel sick and you're wondering why and question whether to come to church or not. He sees you. He sees everything you've done. He's seen you at the, your computer screen. He's seen you trying to avoid all, all the things that would bring life to your soul. He's seen you. He's seen you through it all, but he's never left. He has never left. He's never left. And He still calls you home and He calls you today. He beckons you unto Himself, which leads me to my final point. He is the God of the impossible. Why we need the secret place? Because God can do anything. 
He can take the most hopeless situation. He can take the lost and discouraged and afraid. He can take your family that is dysfunctional and torn apart. He can take the pride and the arrogance. He can take it all. He is the God of the impossible. He says to Jeremiah, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for him? Church, you come and you worship and you sing and you lift your voice and you say, God, you can do everything, but do you really believe it? And he can do everything. He can save your son. He can save your daughter. He can save every aspect of your life, every part. He's the God of the impossible. How would we do it without the Lord? We can't. But fear not, you're here today. And you have a choice to make. I want to find my secret place, Dustin. I want to find that place again. A place where he called my name. The place where he calls me out of darkness. Out of my sin. Out of my guilt and my shame. I don't like that life. It's shameful anyways to even talk about. Where we confess our sins to you. And we come back. You're the God of the impossible. You made a way. You made a way for every person where there seemed to be no way. He made a way. So let's enter in. Let's go there. Let's stand. I don't know how people do it without the Lord. It's not to shame you. I'm just just being real. There's so much tugging, so much pulling going on. The Lord is the only firm anchor. He's the only secure anchor for your soul. And while you're hidden as a seed, develop your soil. Prepare. Allow God to prepare your life. Whatever you want, Lord. Don't expose me if I'm not ready. Don't put me on a platform if I'm not ready, if my roots haven't been deep. Jesus made a way for you to enter in to the place where the lamp is always burning. The bread of the face. His presence is on the table. You just enter in. Jesus said, my house shall be called house of prayer. Come to me, all you who labor, all you who work. Come to me and I will give you rest. Find it in me. Find it for your soul today. And my final thing is this, that what I had to do so many times in my life. I don't know who told me this, but what I had to do so many times in my life with, with football and with uh, leading worship and school and everything, where to go, you know, where to go to college, all these types of decisions. And the secret place for me is this. I imagine myself having a deck of cards. And you bring all the cards. I've been given this hand from God. I have aces, some cool aces. I think I do. I have some twos, and they're not wilds. I have some twos. And I bring them before God. And what I do in the secret place is, is all the decisions, all the questions, all the doubts, and everything that I have, and my talents, and my abilities, and I lay them on the table. And I say, God, take what you want. Take what doesn't belong and, and then use the rest. 
whatever. Here's my, here's my cards. Here's my sin. Here's my shame. Here's my pride. Here's all these things, my reputation, and I lay them. And I trust them in your hands. And then the other part is this. I think of it like this with the loaves and the fish. I bring my loaves to Jesus. You bring what you have to Jesus in the secret place. And it might not seem like a lot. But what he does is he lifts it up and he gives thanks for God. And he may often break it. He breaks it. But that's okay. Because, because when he breaks it, it doesn't matter because it's in his hands. He is the master creator and orchestrator, the masterpiece maker. He is the potter. He can put you back together again better. And watch what he'll do for others. He'll feed more than you could ever imagine with what you give to God. And then prayer for me is like this. Prayer is the story of the prodigal. In a lot of ways, they're returning. Not in position, but in heart and mind. In posture. You never stopped being his son. You just stopped acting like it. So return to the hidden place, the secret place. And then the final thing is that that scripture that we read at the beginning, Colossians 3, I want to pray this out for you, for me. This is the message version. This is a paraphrase of what we read at the beginning by Eugene Peterson. I think it's so powerful and it just puts a period in the end of this. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along eyes to the ground. Absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. Look up, child, and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, even though hidden, is with Christ in God. Amen? Amen. Bless you, church. I challenge you, even as we sing this awesome song about God being our defender, to find that secret place with God and to be intentional about making steps on a daily basis. Because we need you, Lord. We need you. Amen.